1: Well, hello there. Good a very, morning. A very happy Friday morning to you. Hope you let the dogs out this morning.
2: <laughs> Not my job on the chore list. All
1: right. January 23rd, 7 a.m. David and Brenda with you on to the morning blend on this uh, happy Friday. Uh, I know why you're playing that, because today is National Take Your Dog to Work Day.
2: Oh, so there's going to be dog fights and businesses That's all across no, the city.
1: No, no, very nice dogs are all only coming nice to work, dogs. only nice dogs are coming to work today. We're giving you a heads up, just because if you're getting ready to go for work and you got your dog with you, well there you go, now's the day today to take them to work with you.
2: I left uh, both of my dogs yeah, at home. what's up
1: with that? I was oh. expecting to see some nice doggies <laughs> running through the office today.
2: Oh, I got two little sweet dogs. I love them to death.
1: What but kind of th- th- what kind of dogs are they? I give What are their names again?
2: Uh, Darby and Jasmine.
1: Darby and Jasmine.
2: Darby and Jasmine. Uh. Jasmine is. Uh, she's been our longtime dog. She's probably well. Let's see, uh, eleven years old this year. In fact, okay. probably around October. We don't know her exact birthday, uh, but we got her from a home family. A family that had bred their dogs, and so she came to us as a puppy at like nine weeks, 10 weeks old, something like that. So we have had her, her whole life basically. Yeah. She thinks she is not a dog for sure. <laughs> and she's a lab mix, black, completely oh, nice. black, yeah. but completely dedicated to the family. Yeah. Like she, wherever we are, she wants to be. And she does want to be outside in the backyard. If we are not out there. Interesting. That's her. Yeah. The second dog is Darby and she is the cutest ever black and white Cocker Spaniel okay and it's a good thing she is as cute as she is because she is just not a smart dog at all (laughs) we love her to death but you know everybody has their limitations and Darby's uh yeah she is limited in the brain so if,
1: if Darby came into the studios what would how would Darby be acting Well
2: she's a little sketchy because of her upbringing when she she was a few years old when we got her oh, okay. so she does have a little bit of a nervous issue mm-hmm. so she would likely uh run away and then it would probably take her a good hour before she's comfortable with strangers Right Uh and that's and even still with the family uh and she'll get a little's sketchy sometimes if it doesn't feel right to her. But we love her anyway.
1: Of course you do. Yeah, absolutely. You know the funny
2: thing is certain dogs like that with our son, never nervous. Right. He can go up to her, pick her up, love her, set her down, run. Mm -hmm. She's never nervous around him. It's everybody else though. Yeah. I don't know why she's decided that he's her boy and it's okay.
1: So I was reading about dogs in the office, in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And the surveys show, the studies show, very beneficial.
2: Is it really? It
1: says that by having dogs in the workplace, very big stress reliever. It just makes the office space happier
2: Interesting. when dogs are
1: there. It's for whatever reason. I could
2: appreciate that, uh, Sure though. you
1: could, absolutely. You know when Yuki shows up every now and again?
2: I love that. Yeah,
1: I know it. And, Yuki just, is
2: the best.
1: And they also found, too, that workers are more productive when they have their pets at work with them. because again, it leads to less stress. They take them outside, so which, they get some
2: exercise so get some in exercise
1: there. and air and then they come back in or just more energized and more productive. So there you go. Um, dogs in the workplace Dogs
2: in the workplace uh if i brought jasmine in if i brought any of her toys it would be a problem because be having that lab in her mm-hmm. she's got lab and golden retriever and i think maybe poodle is in there in yeah. that whole little mix uh she is a retriever yeah. for sure so if you throw a ball that's it. Yeah. Your afternoon's done. That's it. She, that's all she'll do now yeah. is just, she just wants to bring it back. Yeah. She'll bring it back and put it in your lap. Yeah. She'll bring it back and put it in your lap.
1: <laughs> and then she'll say, nose yeah. you to throw let's it. Let's go. Come on. Come on.
2: It's time doing to play. it.
1: Yuki, who Deb brings in periodically yes. when she's babysitting, cutest little dog. Uh, and it's the same way you can toss
2: and with Yuki going. and
1: he'll keep going back and forth.
2: All, when he is here, all of us in the station, we buy for his attention. We do. We all want him to come into our office. And
1: he just kind of wanders around. And then he'll show up. Oh, hey, Uke. What's Hi, up? Hi, Uke. What are you doing? He's got a thing in his mouth. All right, I'll throw let's it. Play. Yeah, let's play. Let's <laughs> play. So anyway, National Take Your Dog to Work Day. Oh, so I like you it. You see dogs in the workplace today, there's a reason for it. That's, Perfect. That's why. What do you have coming up today?
2: Uh David, this is exciting, but for all the wrong reasons. Congratulations, Washington. You're number one.
1: Prices <laughs>
2: though at the pump, highest in the country. I saw
1: yeah, it's amazing. Yikes. Yeah. So Washington. Washington.
2: Okay, I'll tell you why.
1: Uh, and this is always a fun list to look at. It's the most livable cities <sighs> in the world. Can you guess what city in the U.S. was on in the list, the highest in the list? It's not that high, actually. But anyway, you can think about that. We'll have that for you in the news.
2: All right. I'm going to come up with three guesses. Okay. we got a great show ahead for you on this Friday morning. Here is Daniel Noonan, The Road Less Traveled. And we are David and Brenda on The Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.
3: speak to me and rest your weary soul like the night you cover me on the road let's travel on the road let travel
1: Noonan and the road less traveled. It is seven eleven at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. David and Brenda with you on this beautiful Friday morning. You were just pointing out. You were looking out the window. We looked south, and you said, "Look at that!" And I glanced up, like five hot air balloons yeah. in the sky.
2: What did we say? We think it's the Tiger yeah, Hot Air Festival yeah, this weekend.
1: Tiger Festival, Hot Air Balloon Festival, which has been going on for years. So uh, one of the fun events going well, on. Well, they're this up weekend. in the air this morning. Oh man, that is beautiful. It's so gorgeous. I can see them. Just they're up pretty high too. So anyway, yeah, great, great scene out there this morning. Coming up, we're going to talk with Natalie Wood, the executive director of Catholic Charities of Oregon. They have some big projects that they're working on. You'll hear about it after the forecast.
5: Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Portland Division of the World Apostolate of Fatima. WAF is the only Fatima organization worldwide to speak in the name and with the authority of the Church on Fatima. The World Apostolate of Fatima promotes the faithful message of Fatima, including praying the Rosary daily and practicing the First Saturday Devotion. WAF information can be found at bluearmy.com.
6: Say yes to God and celebrate life with Mater De Radio and the Hail Mary Media App. We're uniting with the Archdiocese of Portland in praying a new Celebrate Life Novena leading up to a Celebrate Life Mass with Archbishop Alexander Sample on Sunday, June 25th at St. Mary's Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception. A Rosary for Life will be prayed before Mass and the Christ the King Children's Choir will sing. Inspire a culture of life with the new Celebrate Life Novena, available online at matradayradio.com and on the Hail Mary media app. Each day contains a stirring reflection to help you become what Pope St. John Paul II called a genuine witness who embodies a culture of life through obedience to God's plan and support of families. Say yes to God and join us in this special novena prayer now on the Hail Mary Media app and Matreday Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
2: It is 713 here at Mater Day Radio warm afternoon. Going to end this week in fine fashion. Highs in the valley today reaching 83 de- degrees. Now keep an eye on the Cascades for possible thunderstorms developing. Slight chance that one of those cells could kind of slide across Ooh, yeah. the metro area. So it could be a weird commute home today overnight we're going to cool off to the low 50s and saturday and sunday sunny and warm highs at 80 degrees looks like this nice warm summer weather carrying us all the way through next week
1: all right already 64 degrees at saint anthony catholic church in Tigard,
2: and it is 63 degrees at holy redeemer catholic church in vancouver
1: Well, construction has just started on a new affordable housing project in Portland, thanks to a partnership with a variety of groups and agencies in the area. That includes Catholic Charities of Oregon. Joining Monterey Radio this morning to give us the details on Gleason Landing and more is the Executive Director of Catholic Charities of Oregon, Natalie Wood. Good morning, Natalie.
7: Good morning, David. It's so nice to be
1: here. Well, happy summer to you.
7: Well, thank you. Happy summer to you. I'm I'm trying to think back
1: now. When did you arrive here in Oregon for the position?
7: I arrived. It's been a little over a year now.
1: So you made it through a full summer.
7: That's right. I've made it through a full summer and a full winter.
1: Great to have you here for the full year now. And uh, as I mentioned, just some wonderful projects Catholic Mm -hmm. Charities works on. Certainly the construction projects we're going to talk about this morning, but just a a variety of other projects as well. And I always encourage folks to go to your website and see, because there's so much information there that you can learn about Catholic Charities of Oregon. But did want to talk about these construction projects. And, And let's start first with the one I mentioned And that is Gleason Landing. So yeah, yeah, talk a little bit about Gleason Landing.
7: So housing has really risen to the top of our priority list as housing, uh, as the housing crisis continues to deepen and more and more families are unable to afford housing here in the Portland area. And Gleason Landing is a real opportunity um, in that way because it's a private and public partnership. And it involves uh, multiple partners on this, as well as voter bonds on housing. And so Gleason Landing is two buildings. One building is uh, comprised of units for families, Mm. and it's going to be run by ERCO. And then Catholic Charities has a building called Beacon at Gleason Landing, and it has 41 permanent supportive housing units. And the permanent supportive housing units are for those individuals who are experiencing chronic homelessness, mm-hmm. have disabilities, uh, mental disabilities, physical disabilities, those kinds of things. Right. And so we not only provide housing, but we provide full wraparound services as well. And one of the good things about Gleason Landing, well, actually about all the properties Gleason Landing, St. Francis, and Claire. Oh, I say Saint Francis. Sorry, that's from the Paris. Yeah. Francis and Sure. and Good Shepherd Village, is that they're all uh, collaboratives that provide a space for video health.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah, so we'll be
7: able to connect with a health provider and make sure that people are receiving whatever their needs are from a physical basis as well. So we're really happy about that. And Gleason's Landing is going to be especially special. I think it's large. There's 147 units in total. It's got, I'm sorry, 137 units in total. Right. And uh, it includes a community room and a kitchen, a laundry room, a playground, picnic areas, a community garden bike parking, surface parking, and an on-site multicultural preschool. Mm. So it's got a lot of different wraparound services that um, it will be able to provide.
1: I've seen some renderings of it, and it's really beautiful. Beautiful homes, I think. You know, Mm -hmm. it's going to be just a wonderful addition to the community.
7: Well, thank you. You know, we really work hard to make sure that we are collaborating to build Buildings that actually reflect human dignity mm-hmm. and have the services that reflect human dignity. So we believe housing, of course, is a basic human right. Yeah. And so um, with that is not just that they receive the building, but they receive a space that is welcoming, comfortable, that is like a sanctuary that they can call home.
1: Yeah, that's wonderful. And talk a little bit, too, about the partnerships because... We know that houselessness is such a huge issue, not only in the Portland area, but across the country, in, in big cities across mm-hmm. the country, big and small for that matter. But you can't go it alone. It's just not going to happen.
7: No, it's it's a, to be able to have all the different services that you need and to be able to have the types of buildings that we like to have, you have to have multiple uh, partnerships to be able to do that. Um, we are working with Northwest Related, or Related Northwest, and we're also working with ARCO, the Immigrant and Refugee Com- Community Organization. I try to remember all my sure. oh, acronyms. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then we have a slew of other partnerships with public entities, and I hate to begin naming them because I'll forget yeah. someone, right? Sure. There are so many of them, but we have a slew of them that are, are really working hard to help us with that. Uh, yeah. project. And that's absolutely necessary for us to be able to provide all the different um, services that are needed and have the buildings look the way that they yeah, look. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm kind of curious, how do the partnerships come together? I, I mean, at some point, you have to sit down, you have to talk, you have to talk mm-hmm. about the needs of the community. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm always curious about that. How, how do you make these links, these partnerships?
7: Well, a lot of it has to do with um, funding opportunities, and so we have metro dollars, so bond dollars we have. So some of it has to do with the dollars that are available. Some of it has to do with the different type of services that you want to be able to provide mm-hmm. in the building. Some of it has to do with the developer and the context that the developer has and, and their thoughts. And so in, as you're working on the project, you begin to envision and develop a strategy for achieving that vision. As you do that, you begin to bring in those individuals from the community that are the best fit for those particular items. And housing is such a priority in the Portland area that most individuals or most groups and entities uh, don't hesitate to want to step in and, uh, contribute in some way. I think Stone Soup is also going to be one of our partners that we're working with nice. in um, Gleason Landing.
1: So, we were talking about Gleason Landing, but you mm-hmm. also mentioned a couple of other projects as well.
7: Right. We have Francis and Claire coming up. Now, we just had our groundbreaking at Gleason Landing last week. And Francis and Claire, we're signing up all our documents now. So that one will be coming up soon. But Francis and Claire is centered in Southeast Portland and it's close to St. Francis Parish. Right. And as you know, there's a lot of need in that Mm -hmm. area already. Yeah. And so this one is going to be 61 affordable units for zero to 30% income that are experiencing chronic homelessness and have complex behavioral and health challenges okay so this is going to be probably our most strategic um, site to date we'll provide the services and um, the building we will have a quiet room for relaxation a community classroom and a large plaza It's near the bus line and places for jobs. Wonderful. And you know, St. Francis Parish has. Um, historically provided services to this community. Right. And so um, it's kind of a good collaborative fit mm-hmm. for us to mm-hmm. be working together. Yeah. In for years, place. the
1: St. Francis dining hall there.
7: Absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. Exactly. A- absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. Again, we're speaking with Natalie Wood. She's the executive director of Catholic Charities of Oregon, talking about some of their projects they have going on. And then there was a third one, too, that you had mentioned.
7: Absolutely. That's Good Shepherd Village. And so Good Shepherd Village is someplace that I think Catholics will really take to heart. This land was donated by John and Peggy Brokamp of Christ the King Parish.
1: Absolutely. And
7: this will be our biggest housing project to date. It'll have 142 affordable homes. The property originally was used for gatherings mm-hmm. and it was donated to us to be able to use for this affordable housing in that area and it's the very first affordable housing unit in happy valley wow so we're very excited about that we should have applications opening in july for a fall move-in
1: wow you're busy Yes, we've been busy, <laughs> yeah. absolutely,
7: and that doesn't include immigration or any of our other programs, yeah. refugees or any of our other yeah. services. Yeah.
1: On any of the construction projects, uh, the housing projects, any room there for citizens' help, uh, volunteers?
7: I'm so glad you asked that question. Yes, we'll have a special opportunity for parishioners to help residents of Good Shepherds this summer and into the fall. We're going to put a call out for Welcome Home Kits, And our welcome home kits come in in multiple sizes, I guess you would say. Sure. We have kits for individuals or couples and kits for families with kids. And then under that, we have a variety of types of kits. So we have welcome kits, kitchen kits, cleaning kits. Nice. Kind of you can take your pick of what you would like to uh, support our families with.
1: Uh, Fantastic. Again, I encourage folks, go to Catholic Charities of Oregon website. You can learn about the projects and other volunteer opportunities, how you can help. uh, Just a wonderful opportunity there for citizens to get involved. Natalie Wood, Executive Director of Catholic Charities of Oregon. Natalie, great to talk with you. Thanks for all of the work and all of the projects out there, much needed.
7: Oh, it is. I tell you, it is such a blessing to be part of Catholic Charities and to be able to experience a life of service. I can't say that all people have the opportunity, and when the opportunity comes up, I think you should really take advantage of it, because it is so special to live a life Mm. where you know you are doing service to advance God's kingdom here on earth.
1: Thank you. Well, God bless you. Have
7: a wonderful summer. Thank you. God bless you, too.
2: It is 725 here at Mater Day Radio. Oh, what a great opportunity again to have Natalie in the studio Mm -hmm. and to be able to talk with her and find out the great things that Catholic Charities is doing. You can find out more information about Catholic Charities because on the podcast of that interview, I will add links that will get you right to Catholic Charities. You can read all about the services they provide and ways that you can Donate your time and help those in need. You'll find that podcast at com and the Hail Mary Media app.
4: Support for Mataraday Radio comes from our leadership circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722.
5: Support from Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Blessings from Heaven, the peaceful place to shop for all things Catholic. Blessings from Heaven has a variety of gifts for all occasions and many other Catholic items to choose from. Located on the corner of 3rd and Southwest Tucker Avenue in Beaverton, Blessings from Heaven is open Tuesday through Saturday. For more information, call 503-644-1814.
1: the Morning Blend,
0: a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee. On the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio.
1: It is 727 at Mater Day Radio and a tragic ending to the submersible on its journey to the Titanic. We'll have the details in the news.
2: And it was a circus before it was the Vatican. I'll explain how coming up in three minutes. Here is Matt Mar and Clean Heart. We are The Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. I
8: woke up this morning, the whole world was yelling. I wish I was dreaming, all oh, that we've been through. My soul has been searching for some deeper meaning. I know there's a kindness that leads me to the truth. When everybody's looking for another fight, When trouble's on the rise, no end in sight Oh, Savior, won't you come and make the wrong things right? Let me be the place you start Give me a clean heart Clean heart. Give me a clean heart. You bless those who cursed you. You loved those who hated you. On the cross, you died for me. To bless those who curse you and love those who. Hated you say to love my enemies when well, everybody's looking for another fight. There's troubles on the rise, so in this Oh, oh Savior, won't you come and make the wrong things right? Let me be the place you start. Give me a clean heart.
1: That is Matt Marr and Clean Heart. It is 731 at Mater Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
2: Just 40 days before World Youth Day 2023 in Lisbon, Portugal, Pope Francis said he's ready to go and poor health will not keep him away. Pope Francis is continuing to recover from abdominal surgery he underwent on June 7th. He was released from the hospital last Friday and has jumped back into taking private meetings through his Wednesday, June 21st public audience. That one was canceled. In a video recorded by Bishop Amerigo Aguilar, auxiliary of Lisbon and the coordinator of World Youth Day 2023, Pope Francis held up a gray World Youth Day branded backpack and said, I'm ready, I have everything and I can't wait to go. The 86-year-old Pope Francis will visit Portugal from August 2nd to the 6th. Several World Youth Day events are on his agenda, including hearing confessions, praying the Stations of the Cross, attending a prayer vigil, and celebrating Mass on Sunday, August 6th, the final day of the week-long gathering. In his latest video, Pope Francis reminded teens and young adults preparing to attend the International Catholic Event that it is now 40 days away, the same length of time As of lent.
1: Good point. I wonder if you can get one of those backpacks.
2: I want one. Yeah, yeah.
1: Just because I want it. Yeah, that's it. Well, the U.S. Coast Guard says a missing submersible imploded near the wreckage of the Titanic, killing all five people on board. Coast Guard officials said during a news conference Thursday that they've notified the families of the crew of the Titan which has been missing for several days now. Debris found during the search for the vessel is consistent with a catastrophic implosion of the vessel, according to Rear Admiral John Mauger of the 1st Coast Guard District. During the press conference, the Coast Guard also said debris from the submersible was found 1,600 feet from the bow of the Titanic. Investigators continue to scour the ocean floor today for debris as they try to establish the timeline of the implosion. The Mercible was descending to explore the wreckage of the luxury liner located 900 miles east of Cape God and 13,000 feet below sea level wow yeah very uh, tough
2: it was tough uh, this was one of those stories david we just every day yeah. multiple times a day checking to see if there was any update and from what i understand and they're still doing more analysis on it when uh that incident happened that catastrophic incident the navy sonar had recorded it
1: yeah they well they know, yeah.
2: but they and now they're doing furnal, further analysis of that but uh because at the time, they didn't know what it was.
1: Right. So, and that was the the day that it first on left Sunday. on Sunday. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Sunday.
2: Well, prayers for their families mm-hmm. and for the repose of their souls. Multnomah County is seeking nearly $52 billion in damages and future costs for climate adaptation in a lawsuit that filed Thursday against more than a dozen fossil fuel companies to hold them accountable for the unprecedented heat dome event 2021. Lawyers for the county are moving forward with a lawsuit against 17 oil and gas companies alleging that the burning of their fossil fuel products, which leads to greenhouse gas emissions that are warming the planet, was a substantial contributor to a heat dome event roughly two years ago. 96 people died across Oregon as a result of the heat dome, with a majority living in Multnomah County. During Thursday's board meeting, commissioners voted unanimously to declare climate change a public nuisance, clearing the way for the attorney to file a lawsuit against the fossil fuel companies. Researchers and scientists said the heat wave was virtually impossible without human-caused climate change, while other research found it was a freak event that should only happen once in 10,000 years but was made hotter because of climate change.
1: Yeah, I was reading a little bit about this, and there's like thirty six cities and counties okay. across the country, seven states that have filed similar lawsuits. They're saying it's similar to like, remember when they all of the lawsuits against tobacco companies?
2: I see. Right. Kind,
1: kind of kinda of similar to that. So we'll see we'll see where it goes. Well, a heads up, if your weekend travel plans include using I-84, westbound travelers on the busy freeway will be detoured as all lanes will be closed at its intersection with Interstate 205 at noon today what? And, yeah, and remain closed through 5 a.m. Monday morning.
9: <gasps> Whoa. Yeah,
1: so crews from the Oregon Department of Transportation will be working on the bridge deck and joints during the three-day period. This is just one of several summertime closures along westbound I 84 as ODOT continues to project improving road surfaces there between pretty much Troutdale and Gateway. Now, the second weekend closure will continue. The same work at the same location from July 7th through the 10th. So, again, be prepared. Whoa. Travelers should plan for delays and consider taking an alternate route or other forms of transportation during the weekend closures. ODOT says, you know, volume, traffic combinations, studded tires have all deteriorated the roadway, which hasn't been really repaved since 2010. So... Yeah, if you're planning I-84 today, uh, Westbound in particular, be prepared.
2: And that is at the I-205-84 yep. interchange. Yes. That is such a busy That's, intersection. Yes,
1: it is. So,
2: Maybe, uh, I don't...
1: Be prepared.
2: I don't even know what yeah. the workaround is going to be well, on they that, said other they, than yeah. city street. They've
1: got a short detour there that are going to take people off Good. of that area. But, as they said... If you can avoid it, avoid it. I'm yes. going to
2: mark that on my yeah. uh, on my reminders. Definitely. Well, congratulations, Washington. You're number one. Washington State has overtaken California as the state with the highest gasoline prices. The average price of a regular gas gallon of gas in Washington, four dollars and ninety three cents a gallon. That is up. 33 cents from the same time a month ago, according to AAA. California's average price for regular gas, four dollars and eighty-six cents a gallon. That's seven cents cheaper than Washington. While the average price of gas in Washington is $4.93, some motorists are paying over $5 a gallon for gas in some counties. The average gas price in King County, of course, which surrounds Seattle, sits at $5.09. This is what I was surprised to read. Yeah. Skamania County, you know, Clark County's neighbors to the east. Well, their average price of gasoline, five dollars and thirty-two cents. Wow. It's the highest in the state. Yes. National average? $3.58. Man. This is like, why is it so much yeah. more? Why? Experts say Washington's price surges linked to the state's latest effort to battle climate change. Specifically, the new carbon pricing program launched this year that charges businesses for the greenhouse gases they emit. Now oil companies passing along the compliance fees, experts say, and those costs add up. To about 50 cents per gallon to the consumer, according to the Oil Price Information Service. That's
1: significant.
2: For one initiative, 50 cents a gallon for every person. So that adds up.
1: I'm old enough to remember when we said at one point in time, oh, gas will never get above a dollar a gallon.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Way back when was that?
1: Way Way, way, way back when. In sports, the Portland Trail Blazers selected 6-2 guard Scoot Henderson with the third pick in the NBA draft that was held at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York last night. Later in the first round, the Blazers targeted Iowa forward Chris Murray with their 23rd pick. Portland's lone second-round selection was guard Ryan Rupert of France. So the 19-year-old Henderson spent last season with NBA's G League team Ignite where he averaged 17.6 points, 6.6 assists, and 5-point rebounds per game. His weakness may be his shooting, but they think he'll develop on this. He shot just under 43% from the field last season while hitting just 27.5% on threes. San Antonio had the top pick in the draft, and as expected, they took French phenom big man Victor Wembenyama, went number 1. So the thing about Portland's pick is this. Hmm. Damian Lillard. Yes. There was a lot of talk saying that he really wanted to see Portland bring in some veteran players to help him win immediately. Right. And, you know, have an opportunity to win an NBA title before he's like he's 33 years old now. Sure. So I don't know if this pick actually does that. I don't
2: know that that is exactly yeah. what we thought it might be.
1: So what we'll have to do is just kind of watch what happens this summer. And if there's trades, that's going to happen. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Well, the
2: Vatican stands as a symbol of spiritual and temporal power within the heart of Rome. But beneath its colonnade, its museum, and the imposing basilica lies a relatively unknown history that dates back to the first century of the Christian It is believed that the Vatican was built on top of Curigula's Circus, Mm. an ancient Roman chariot racing stadium. Over the centuries, successive constructions have transformed the site into the religious and administrative center it is today. Now, Caligula's Circus, also known as the Circus of Nero, was built during the reign of the infamous Emperor Caligula in the first century. It was a massive entertainment complex featuring an oval arena where chariot races, athletic contests and other spectacles were held. The circus was located on Vatican Hill. One of Rome's seven hills covered a vast area. The original circus was gradually abandoned until it fell into disrepair following Curigula's death. And it wasn't until the fourth century that Constantine decided to build a grand basilica on the site. Now, the first basilica, known as Old St. Peter's Basilica, was constructed between the years 319 and 333 soon became the focal point of Christianity and the final resting place of St. Peter. And the basilica stood for over a millennium, witnessing various historical events. However, by the 15th century, Old St. Peter's Basilica was no longer able to accommodate the growing number of pilgrims visiting Rome. So in 1506, Pope Julius II initiated the construction of a new basilica and the magnificent St. Peter's we know today. Hmm. And then over the years since then, different parts have been added the museums, the Sistine Chapels, and all the administration offices that are there now. Right.
0: It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community.
2: You looking for something to do this weekend? Well, you can start today by shopping at St. Jude Parish annual rummage sale that runs today through Sunday. Today and tomorrow, you can also attend a rummage sale at St. Anthony's Parish here in Portland. Everything you could possibly think you need can be found. Remember, you can find details on these and other events. Go to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and the Hail Mary media app.
1: At St. Jude's in Eugene, I'm assuming. It is y- yeah. St.
2: Jude's, yes. Nice. St. Jude's down in Eugene.
1: Fantastic. So what do you have coming up in the uh, next uh, segment here?
2: It is a mass to celebrate life, coming up this weekend, I got a chance to talk with Sarah Livingstone.
1: All right, we'll do that right after the forecast. Support for Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Mount Hood Hospice. For more than 40 years, Mount Hood Hospice has been serving those in their final stages of life with loving care in East Multnomah and Clackamas counties. With a compassionate medical and spiritual support team, hospice services are provided wherever the patient lives. With the top listing on Medicare's Care Compare, information online at mounthoodhospice.org.
0: Would you like to gain a deeper understanding of the Holy Mass? Hello, this is Terry Ross. Join me on Mater Day Radio each Saturday afternoon at 4 and Sunday afternoon at 2 for the glory of the Mass. Every weekend we'll explore the rich history of sacred music within the Catholic liturgy. Increase your appreciation for the beauty and sanctity of Catholic sacred music with the glory of the Mass Saturday and Sunday afternoons on Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
1: And it is 745 at Mater Dei Radio. Going to be a nice day today. A little cooler than yesterday. I think it got up to about 88 degrees yesterday, 83 or high today. It's a slight chance of a thunderstorm later today. Mostly clear tonight, low of 53. And then Saturday may see some morning clouds, then sunny skies, high of 81.
2: Currently, it is 64 degrees at the Madeline here in Portland.
1: And 63 degrees at St. Jude Church in Eugene.
2: Around the country, pro-life leaders and activists celebrated the Supreme Court decision that overturned Roe versus Wade. And now one year later, the Archdiocese of Portland is inviting the whole community to honor this day. To celebrate life at a very special mass. Joining me this morning is Sarah Livingstone. She is the pro life coordinator for the Archdiocese of Portland. She has all of the details, plus some information about the good work they are doing. Good morning, Sarah. Thanks so much for joining us again on the Morning Blend.
10: Good morning, Brenda. Thanks so much for having me.
2: Your office just really encompasses so much work in the Archdiocese of Portland. Remind our listeners a little bit about your work through the office and how you came to be such an activist
10: and pro-life supporter. Yes. Um, well, we, you know, again, we're pro-life for the whole life, beginning of life, to end of life. Um, I will say most of the work is, is with, uh, beginning of life with abortion. Um, but we also cover, you know, physician assisted suicide and death penalty. Um, my background, I, I am, uh, at St. Michael, the Archangel, I've, I've been leading their pro-life, um, group about four years now. And then, um, also since I was young, started a pro-life group at my Catholic high school in Wisconsin that's still going strong. So, um, just came from a pro-life family and have just, a always felt very strong, strongly about it. Um, and, you know, Portland, uh, we're, we're in the trenches here. So mm-hmm. lots of work to do here. Lots of good work. And we've really, um, we, we've, we've really collected a ton of resources. We, we strongly believe in supporting both uh, mothers and babies. And we've just, there's been some amazing pro-life momentum happening here.
2: Sarah, as you and I were preparing for our interview today, we talked about how we of a little faith. I, I believe that there was a path forward that Roe versus Wade could be overturned. I just never believed I'd see it in my lifetime. And yet it happened. It happened a year ago with the Dobbs case. And. Archbishop Sample, he had so many. He's just had such positive things to say, and now we're really seeing a momentum in the
10: pro life movement here in Oregon. Tell our listeners more. Absolutely, yeah. I think you know, you you just nailed it. So many of us, we did not think we were going to see this this pro life victory in our lifetime, and, and it was just amazing. I mean, it you know, goodness today, it's you know, we're coming upon the one year anniversary, June twenty fourth, which now has been. Term Celebrate Life Day by all uh, large pro-life organizations. So nationally it's called Celebrate Life Day. They're also doing a large gathering in D.C. Um, on Saturday the 24th. But yeah, as, as Archbishop Sample said at the Mass before Oregon March for Life this year in January, which, which had record turnout, by the way, and the Mass at St. Joseph's in Salem was just packed. Um, but he said in his homily, if Roe can be overturned, which many of us did not think we would see in our lifetime, then surely there is hope for Oregon and we remain steadfast in God's will. So I think, you know, just really remaining hopeful. um, I think a lot of people thought, well, Roe is overturned, but nothing's changed in Oregon. If anything, a lot of our lawmakers are trying to, you know, enshrine it in our constitution and make it um, even more extreme than it already is, which is hard to believe because, you know, abortion here is legal up until the moment of birth for any reason, Um, but we, I will say just from even our pro-life office at the Archdiocese, I, the, the amount of pro-life momentum, especially just even since this past January, last six months, has been tremendous. From the amount of emails I'm getting of people, how can I help? Um, we had record numbers at our, this last Lent, 40 Days for Life, record um, single day. We had 47 people one day, one Saturday there. Broke um, volunteers, uh, and we actually are getting some international and national coverage on that of the momentum we have going on here. Uh, we there's a feature article about Portland's pro-life momentum and Oregon's in Day 41 Magazine, which is the 40 Days for Life quarterly magazine, and that's actually coming out this week. And so you know, it's, it's exciting, um, and obviously we have our work cut out for us here, but mm-hmm. we remain very hopeful.
2: Sarah, you had mentioned the 40 days for life and people who stand vigil in the fall and the spring campaigns. Those are so important. And there are lives saved during those events. And there's so much more that we can do. And, well, the Knights of Columbus have stepped up. They heard that call. And along with Umbria Clinics, there is now going to be a portable ultrasound machine that will be available during those vigils. Tell our listeners about this.
10: Yeah, very exciting, Brenda, and it's just hot off the press. Um, so coming the estimation is this July, August, um, that it'll be up and running. But they, um, so Obria clinics, uh, which are 100% pro-life um, clinics, uh, but then there's one in Lebanon and one in Oregon City here locally. A few other states have them as well. Um, they, they have a mobile ultrasound unit, which they had one in Lebanon that goes to Salem, the Planned Parenthood there, but we have not had one in Portland. And I have, I've wondered for years. We really, we really need it here. Um, so the Knights of Columbus, they have their ultrasound initiative and they have donated and raised money to, um, contribute this ultrasound unit, uh, for this mobile ultrasound. So we, um, will praise the Lord in Portland. Uh, and again, we have multiple, uh, abortion facilities here, unfortunately, especially late term abortion facility, downtown Loveless clinic. Um, So uh, one or two days a week, they will be next to that abortion facility offering free ultrasounds, free health care, and it's tremendous. And they have a great success from this. You know, many times at an abortion facility, they purposely try not to have the pregnant woman see the ultrasound and they have to do the ultrasound to see how far along she is to see what kind of abortion they'll perform. And they literally will turn the monitor. So we always are reminding people, be sure you see the ultrasound. So this is just going to save so many lives and we are just so grateful.
2: We know through statistics that when women see their baby growing within their womb, Mm -hmm. the number of abortions that happen after that are so greatly reduced because it becomes a realization to this mom that that is a life and it is beautiful and it's growing. And what other ways is your office able to connect women who are in crisis to resources that they need to help them through these critical months?
10: Absolutely. So if you go to, um, our, you know, our, our our website, the archdiocese website, and then, um, backslash pro-life, we have collected so many resources that we have them somewhat in four different categories between pregnancy, healthcare, birth, and other, um, between pregnancy resource centers. Uh, We have the amazing Holy Family Clinic here. We have maternity homes. And then we have adoption. We also have Walking with Moms in Need, the USCCB wonderful um, program, um, Equal Rights Institute. We also have Project Aurora, which is the post-abortion healing here in Oregon. They they put on the Rachel's Vineyards retreats. Um, Very powerful. We really feel strongly about supporting them. They're doing great work. Um, And we also have information also on like the abortion pill reversal, Um, because I know, especially since Roe has been overturned, I'm sure you've heard this, they're really pushing medical abortions. And there's really, you know, it's so sad because there's very little medical oversight. And there is hope if you, after you've taken the first uh, medical abortion pill. So we have information on that as well.
2: Sarah Livingstone is joining me today. She is the pro-life coordinator for the Archdiocese of Portland. Sarah, it is so exciting to listen to you talk and it fills us all with hope about the work that is still yet to happen here in the Archdiocese of Portland and in the state of Oregon. Coming up is a day to celebrate for the whole community and I want to have all the details about that but I am coming up against my break. Can you stay with me through the break so we can continue in the next half hour?
10: I would love to, Brenda. Thank you.
1: And it is 754 at Matter Day Radio. David and Blenda David and Blenda. David and Brenda. Okay. I'll go by that. You go Brenda. David and Brenda with you <laughs> on the morning blend. Hey, it's the weekend almost here. Are you gonna do any garage cleaning? Maybe have an old car, truck, boat, motorcycle, RV sitting there you wanna get rid of? How about Day Radio's Vehicle Donation Program? Just go to our Get Involved menu, click on Vehicle Donation. It'll take you to the main site right there. A couple forms to fill out, quick and easy, and a likely tax deduction for you as well. It is Day Radio's Vehicle Donation Program on our website at MontereyRadio.com or the Hail Mary Media app.
5: Support from Watch Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Jade Bistro and Patisserie. Located on Southeast 13th in Portland's Selwood neighborhood, the Jade Bistro is family-run, serving Vietnamese and Thai cuisine with influences from France and Laos. French pastries are available daily, open Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Information can be found online at jadeportland.com.
0: Bringing souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Modern Day Radio, KBBM Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, translator K235BF,
4: Eugene, and streaming at ModernDayRadio.com. Support for Modern Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist.
0: Some are morning people. Others are not. Either way, we help start your day off right. The morning blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio.
1: And it is 7:57 at Mater Day Radio. Well, what is the best city to live in the world? Oh, yeah, we're gonna tell you coming up in the news.
2: Okay, and he won a trip to Hawaii. And to the ER, a game show uh, contestant gets too excited after his big win. I'll have that story for you, plus more coming up right after Awaken the Saint.
11: Hey everyone, I'm Sophia with Awaken Catholic and this is Awaken the Saint. Death isn't something most people spend a lot of time thinking or talking about. Some saints fearlessly looked death in the eye as martyrs, and some dedicated their lives to helping others who were face to face with their own mortality. Today, we celebrate the feast of one of the latter, Saint Joseph Cafasso, who was also known among his contemporaries as the Priest of the Gallows. Joseph was born in 1811 in Northern Italy. He was one of four children in a peasant family and was born with a deformed spine, which affected his growth and his overall health. He was always short and prone to headaches and other pains caused by the defect, but he suffered all of these things without complaint. Those who spoke of him struggled to find any fault in his behavior, even at an age when most boys often got into trouble. Joseph's greatest desire was to become a priest, and he applied himself to his studies eagerly, leading to his ordination into the priesthood when he was in his early 20s. He continued to further his education even after his ordination, and during this period, he met Luigi Guala, who played an important role in the Institute of St. Francis of Assisi. His involvement with this institute led him to develop a strong interest in education and the formation of young priests. He became a well-known lecturer in theology and spoke out against the rising trend of Jansenism, which focused too much on the fire and broomstone and left many discouraged rather than inspired. In addition to living a life of continuous self-sacrifice despite poor health, Joseph became well known for his skills as a confessor, preacher, and spiritual director. He applied these abilities to great effect when he visited prisoners, particularly those who were sentenced to death. With great patience, he comforted those inmates, urging them to confess their wrongdoings so they might go to their deaths unburdened by sin. His words proved a powerful balm and a call to conversion for those who feared for the state of their souls. In one case, he led a procession of 60 prisoners condemned to hanging, many of whom had confessed and converted just before their execution. Joseph continued to guide students, priests, and prisoners alike until June of 1860, when his poor health and pneumonia claimed his life. In his will, he gave away everything he owned, what few possessions he had anyway to the Little House of Divine Providence. He was beatified in 1925 by Pope Pius XI and canonized in 1947 by his successor, Pius XII. For many of us, death can seem like our darkest hour, whether we're contemplating our own or a close loved one. But as the saints demonstrate, it doesn't have to be. Holy men and women like Joseph Cafasso are so often filled with joy in the moments before their death. And the reason for that joy is so simple. They know they're going to their father in heaven. It was Joseph's mission, as is our own, to spread this hope. The hope that never fails, because God will never fail to forgive the repentant sinner, no matter how far we think we've fallen. St. Joseph Cafasso, pray for us.
5: Thank you for tuning in to Awaken the Saint.
2: And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or to pray with Mater Day Radio, please download our free Hail Mary media app. You can find details at materderadio.com. It's 8 o'clock.
1: Well, this is always interesting to take a look at. The Economist is out with its annual rankings of the most livable cities In the world. Mm. So the list takes into account a number of variables healthcare, education, stability of the uh, city, environment, and more. A lot of different variables to go into it. Holding on to first place. Holding on to first place. Any idea?
2: Uh, my, my personal preference. I don't know how the rest of the world feels about it, but I'm going with Lisbon, Portugal.
1: Lisbon, Portugal. And you would be incorrect. Oh, it's a tough guess. I mean, that's a lot. There's a lot of cities in the world. Cities in the world. Vienna, Austria.
2: Vienna. Yes. Beautiful Vienna.
1: So it is just, it checks off a lot of the boxes. So you talk about culture. Mm-hmm. environment oh yes uh it's infrastructure it has outstanding educational and health services so again it just check 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 all of those so vienna Austria. if you want to live in a place that's the top oh, there you go
2: well now i have to put that on my list of places to go
1: vienna waits for you uh second for the second year in a row holding on to the number two position copenhagen denmark Copenhagen. Copenhagen. Yes, beautiful, beautiful Copenhagen is there. Third and fourth, interesting, back to back. Melbourne and Sydney, Australia, third and fourth in the world to huh. live. Melbourne is on my bucket list. Number okay. one, I, I think it's very cool. Number two, I can go watch the Australian Open tennis <laughs> championships. You better make in sure Melbourne. they're in town. Yes, I will definitely time it just for that. Vancouver, Canada rounded out the top 5.
2: I was that was going to be kind of in my top 3 cuz I was going to go there's had to be some place in in Canada yeah. I thought. I maybe Montreal or Vancouver.
1: Well, you're you're close in saying that because Canada has two other cities in the top 10. They do. Calgary and Toronto were 7 okay. and 7 and 9 in the rankings. Switzerland received two of the top 10 entries. Zurich taking sixth place and Geneva tying for seventh place with Calgary so for the United States all the way down at 25 (laughs) first city in the top livable cities Honolulu Hawaii
2: oh really yeah
1: yeah so that was the top entry for the U.S. coming in 25th place
2: okay who made these rankings
1: uh, this is The Economist. It comes out with this every year. Again, it looks at it takes all of these factors into consideration, scores them, and then you know, puts together the rankings. Okay,
2: so. Well, okay. I, I think there may be some flaws in their calculations. Have you been places. to Copenhagen and Vienna? I've not. Okay, so there you go. Have they been to South or Central America and some of their beautiful Costa Rican well, countries? Well,
1: I didn't go into the what was 10 through I
2: know. Well, they're 20. not even in the top. No, so. I know.
1: Again, there you I'm go. I'm just saying. Okay.
2: Well, Pope Francis has asked Cardinal Konrad Krajewski to return to Ukraine for a sixth time to bring humanitarian aid to people suffering from the war. The Polish Cardinal, who serves as the papal almoner, will travel to Ukraine's southern Kherson region, which was a recent dam collapse that caused deadly flooding. Krajewski will travel to Ukraine in a car filled with the most needed medicines. During his drive, the Cardinal plans to stop along the way to visit Catholic parishes and Orthodox religious communities. A second truck will deliver medical supplies directly to areas most affected by the flooding caused by the destruction of the Kakovka Dam on June 6th. Many of the medical supplies were donated by South Korea, according to the Dicastery. Earlier this week, U.N. aid workers said they were blocked from visiting the Russian-occupied areas damaged by the dam collapse. The destroyed dam is on the Dniper River, which currently divides Russian troops on its eastern banks from Ukrainian forces to the west. The dam collapsed immediately following an overnight explosion that registered at nearly a two on the seismic scale. Ukrainian officials blame Russia for the explosion.
1: So we have come a long way since writing checks at the grocery store. When's the last time you've written a check at a grocery store?
2: I I can't even remember. It's
1: been a long time.
2: Uh, Yeah, it's been a really long time.
1: I can't tell you when I even saw a person writing a check (laughs) in a grocery store.
2: Well, if you were behind my mother, you would have seen somebody write a check in the grocery store.
1: Well, Whole Foods Markets in the Portland area are unveiling a new Amazon checkout system that can charge customers credit cards by scanning their palms. What? Yep, Amazon says it has already launched the palm payment technology in Bend, Eugene, and Tannisborn and it's expected to arrive at remaining Whole Foods stores across Oregon in the coming weeks. Customers must enroll in the program called Amazon One by inserting a credit card into a device and then hovering their palm or palms over a lit-up circle on the device. The Amazon One device then scans and records the customer's palm signature. Company says the process takes less than a minute Items are still manually scanned by a cashier or by the customer at the self-checkouts. Then to pay, shoppers can hover their palm above the Amazon One device for about a second to make the purchases.
2: No, I ain't doing that.
1: Okay, I'm just saying. It's a new <laughs> I option. don't know
2: why it's an option. I don't know why I wouldn't. I mean, I know that the DMV has my fingerprints. I think it, I, you probably could find me, but something about that just not quite striking uh, yeah. is something that I'm feeling strongly that I want to do.
1: Yeah, it's a new way to do it.
2: It took me forever just to convince to get my i wallet, iPad wallet, or whatever yeah. on my phone yeah. set up so I can just. Click and pay. Sure. And even that's not like the way to go now either. So. I just
1: do the thing where you tap your... Tap your card. Car, tap your card and it's, you're that done. That works too. Yeah. So there you go.
2: Well, more than half of the global population lives in a country in which state or non-state actors actively persecute people for their religious beliefs, according to the 2023 Religious Freedom in the World Report. The report was released on the first day of Religious Freedom Week, which in the U.S., Catholics Bishop have invited Catholics to pray for greater religious liberty, both in the U.S. and around the world from June 22nd to the 29th. Aid to the Church in Need, a Catholic charity, published the report, which puts 28 countries in the red category for religious freedom, which denotes religious persecution. Now, those countries are home to more than four billion people, and that makes up about 51.6 percent of the global population. The red category includes the two most populous countries in the world, China and India, which the report found to be among the worst religious persecutors. All but one of the countries are either in Africa or Asia. Some of the offenders include Nigeria, Pakistan, Somali, Saudi Arabia, North Korea, Now, Nicaragua, which ranked in the less severe orange category in 2021 report, has since moved into the red category this year. This was caused primarily by President Danielle Ortega's persecution of Catholic clergy and religious order. And the Price is Right, David, got a little bonkers last week (laughs) when a highly energetic contestant named Henry dislocated his shoulder while celebrating a game win. Ouch. The animated contestant was tasked with guessing the right price to win a trip to Hawaii during a game called Bonkers, which he successfully won on his first try.
1: And went bonkers.
2: He went bonkers. Henry was seen jumping and cheering so jubilantly that when he threw his fist into the air, (laughs) he injured himself, according to host Drew Carey. He said, let me explain what happened. Carrie told the audience later in the broadcast, adding that Henry was celebrating and going woo and dislocated his shoulders. Well, Henry and his wife, Alice, took the stage next to Carrie, smiling and laughing as the longtime show host broke the news to the audience, who then went on to explain that Alice, his wife, would have to spin the wheel for him to do uh, due to his shoulder injury. Alice, she did all right too. Yeah. She she spun a ninety-five out of a one hundred.
1: No kidding. Yeah.
2: So I think he went. I don't. It didn't say anymore in the article if he went on to the yeah. final showcase. But uh, ouch.
1: Oh, Yeah. You know, uh, Drew Carey is a former Marine. I bet you he put that shoulder he should come back.
2: Come here. And, I can he fix can, that yeah, for I, you. I can
1: fix that for you. Put it right back in place. <laughs> uh, in sports, it'll be LSU versus Florida. In the best-of-three championship final of the College Baseball World Series in Omaha, Nebraska, the Tigers advanced to play the Gators following last night's epic contest against top-seeded Wake Forest. This was a real pitcher's duel that stretched into the bottom of the 11th inning. It wasn't over until LSU's Tommy White sent a first pitch over the left field seats for the (gasps) walk-off Two to nothing win. I watched this. I I came in on the game about in the seventh inning, and it was 0-0, to and it remained 0-0 to into the bottom of the 11th, when, again, he hits the home run. So the Tigers had to beat Wake Forest two games in a row to make it to the finals. That seemed like a tall order, given the Demon Deacons had not lost two games in a row all season long. And so, heartbreaker for Wake Forest. They had not been to the finals since 1955 so and they'd been the top seed all throughout and <laughs> then they'd lose to lsu oh, man so now lsu was the team that knocked oregon state out really in, in the regionals so we talked about this before do you root for the team that knocked your team you know that whole that whole issue but uh, anyway lsu florida starts tomorrow
2: it's
0: time to find out what's going on in our catholic community
2: this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. is the Celebrate Life Rosary and Mass at St. Mary's Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception here in Portland. To mark the one-year anniversary of the overturning of Roe versus Wade, there will be a Celebrate Life Mass with Archbishop Sample at 11 a.m. on June 25th. A special rosary for life will be prayed before the Mass. And remember, you can find more details on these and other events. Go to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and the Hail Mary Media app.
1: And Brenda has more with Sarah Livingstone right after the forecast.
4: Support for Mater Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join
6: matri Radio and Father Robert Barcelos in prayer with the morning offering.
9: A morning prayer written by St. Therese in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O oh my God, I offer thee all my actions of this day for the intentions and for the glory of the sacred heart of Jesus. I desire to sanctify every beat of my heart, my every thought, my simplest works, by uniting them to his infinite merits. And I wish to make reparation for my sins by casting them into the furnace of his merciful love. O my God, I ask of thee for myself and for those whom I hold dear, the grace to fulfill perfectly thy holy will to accept for love of Thee the joys and sorrows of this passing life, so that we may one day be united together in heaven for all eternity,
6: amen. For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit matradayradio.com. During June, Matraday Radio unites with Catholics around the world to start the summer by honoring the most sacred heart of Jesus. Grow closer to Christ during this special time through our three-daily broadcast of the Holy Mass, the sacred mysteries of the Rosary, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, and a wide variety of inspiring spiritual reflections. Matri-Day Radio is also honored to take your specific intentions to the most sacred heart of Jesus through our powerful prayer hotline. Share your personal requests with our dedicated prayer team right now by clicking the Pray button on the Hail Mary Media app and MatredayRadio.com. or call the prayer hotline directly, 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737. And let us pray for you throughout the month of June as we lead souls into the most sacred heart of Jesus through the Immaculate Heart of Mary at Matreday Radio.
1: And it is 8.15 at Mater Day Radio. Beautiful day today, although we could see a slight chance of a thunder shower later today. High of 83 degrees. Low overnight tonight, 53, mostly clear skies. And then Saturday becoming sunny 81, Sunday sunny 81. That's, that's a pretty sweet weekend right there. Very,
2: very nice. Currently it is 62 degrees at St. Thomas Catholic Church in Camas.
1: And 63 degrees at St. Vincent's Church in Salem.
2: It was one year ago that the Dobbs case at the Supreme Court level overturned Roe versus Wade. And since that time decisions and restrictions on abortion have been brought down to the state level. Here in the Archdiocese of Portland in the state of Oregon, Sarah Livingstone is the coordinator of the Pro Life Office, and she has been working to ensure that the momentum started a year ago continues. Sarah's with me today as we talk more about the work coming from her office. Good morning, Sarah. Thanks so much for staying with me again. Thank you, Brenda. So it was a year ago. I think that we all held our breath, and it happened to fall on the Feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus when word came out officially that the Dobbs case has overturned the Roe versus Wade case from many, many years ago. And now, so the decisions on abortion were brought back to the state level. Well, here in Oregon, things haven't changed much, but there is a real momentum growing. Sarah, since that year, when the decision was made, how many do they estimate innocent lives have been saved due to restrictions on abortion?
10: Yes, it's, it's an amazing number. And I, we do believe it's higher, but, um, they are estimating over 5,000 babies per month are alive since last January. Excuse me, June 24th, when Roe was overturned. So that's 60,000 babies, 60,000 lives, and um, and again, that that's from both mainstream media. You, that's a number that um, it was in Bloomberg, it was in the Washington Stand. Um, and, you know, it, I think it just really proves that restrictions and protections on killing human beings do work, regardless of how the other side denies this truth, because we always hear, oh, that's, that's you know, still everybody's going to have abortions. It's still uh, going to be happening and, you know, back alley abortions, et cetera. And that's that's not the case. Um, people, when you have, you know, just like we have laws that you can't, you know, murder uh, a five-year-old or a 20-year-old, they they do work. And so we are just so, so grateful that, you know, they're estimating over 60,000 lives, 60,000 children are alive right now in just one year mm. since Roe was overturned.
2: Wow, that is. You think about that, uh, and it's just an incredible number, of course. Opposite that, though, the number of lives saved since Roe v. Wade was placed and made abortion legal in the United States, millions of lives lost. And, well, we do celebrate, though, every life that can be saved. Sarah, in our first half hour, we talked about the wonderful project through Umbria Clinic. Remind our listeners again, in case they're just tuning in, about this incredible resource that's now going to be in Oregon to help save even
10: more lives. Absolutely. So yes, hopefully it'll be, it's launching this July or August and it's through Obria Medical Clinics doing their an amazing pro-life um, health clinic. And it is a mobile ultrasound unit. And basically they will be one to two days a week in at Portland abortion facilities on the side of the street. And you, a woman, a pregnant woman who is, you know, maybe not quite sure or... You know, going to an abortion facility, um, you're able to go and have a free ultrasound. You're able to get free health care. Um, it will be staffed by uh, licensed RNs and other healthcare workers. And it's just an amazing uh, you know, way to save lives. Um, like I was saying before, they, a lot of uh, abortion facilities, they don't want you to see your ultrasound. And uh, like you were saying, Brenda, being able to see that ultrasound um, is so important. And that's where we've had so many as we would call them, where uh, women and couples, they leave the abortion facility, they come out and they tell us, we saw our ultrasound, we are keeping our baby. Because, you know, we're just told by the other side, it's a clump of cells, it's nothing. And and they see these arms, these legs, they see this baby's heart beating, um, and, you know, and it it changes their mind as mm. it should. Um.
2: As it should for sure. Sarah Livingstone is joining me today. She is the pro-life coordinator here for the Archdiocese of Portland. Sarah, our faith, the Mass and the Eucharist, it is the source and the summit when we have in our in our joy and in our suffering, we run to the Eucharist for consolation and thanksgiving, and that is exactly where we are running this weekend. It is a Celebrate Life Mass on Sunday to celebrate this momentous decision. Tell our listeners about this occasion.
10: Absolutely. So it is this Sunday, June 25th, and it uh, is at St. Mary's Cathedral, the Immaculate Conception, And it is with the amazing Archbishop Sample. Uh, Mass is at 11 a.m., and there will be a Rosary for Life before at 10.30 a.m. that I'm leading. And the Christ the King's Children's Choir will be singing. Um, And again, at St. Mary's Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception, and that's at 1716 Northwest David Street here in Portland. And, you know, we we just really wanted to commemorate this one-year anniversary, and hopefully we do this every year, you know, now June 24th. The anniversary of Roe being overturned is now called Celebrate Life Day. So what a better way to celebrate life and have a mass, um, like you said, and receive Eucharist and to celebrate this huge victory. And also, you know, to it's to offer hope of what we can do in Oregon here as well. That's it. We are our Easter
2: people. Alleluia is our song, and we shall never give up hope that this plague of abortion will be erased from the world. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. It's just been a wonderful conversation. Thank you for all that you do. Again, remind our listeners where they can find out more information about the work that you do and some resources
10: in your office. Absolutely. So if you go to the Archdiocese, website, we have a pro-life page. So you just go archdpdx.org backslash pro-life. So P-R-O dash life. And then if you also would like any help with um, your own parishes, pro-life organization, um, however I can help, you can just email me at life at archdpdx.org. And um, I, you know, we're trying to help grow our Archdiocese pro-life community. And we're really helping want to help turn Oregon into a culture of life and support our most vulnerable. So we are, we are here to help you.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you for your time today, Sarah. It's going to be a wonderful mass as they always are, but to be able to celebrate this way, a true blessing. Thanks so much for your time today.
10: Thank you so much, Brenda.
2: And again, that is Sarah Livingstone. So details on Sunday's Celebrate Life Mass. You can go to the community calendar at materdayradio.com. You can also access the calendar on the Hail Mary media app. And I will also include the link to the pro-life office that Sarah was just talking about. You'll find that information on the podcast of this interview, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app.
1: And it is 8:23 at Day Radio. Happy Friday to everyone. Gonna give folks a heads up. If you're on our mailing list, next week I believe on Tuesday we're sending out a mailing on our legacy Program. This is a way you can support Mater Day Radio by naming Mater Day Radio in your will. Just one of the ways you can do that to support Mater Day Radio. In fact, if, if you go to our website, click on support page, you can find out more. But this letter is going to have a really inspiring story yes. in it, so you'll mm-hmm. definitely want to stay tuned for that. Again, I think that's going to go out around Tuesday. We'll mail that out, so it'll probably be hitting your mailboxes around yeah probably Thursday of next week but just a heads up and we'll have the information on our website as well too but again supporting Motherday Radio through our legacy program and a very inspirational story that you will be reading learn more about legacy all the ways you can support Motherday Radio on our website at motherdayradio.com or
4: through the Hail Mary media app
1: The Benedictine Brewery Room is a place of hospitality and fellowship, a place where all who come are welcome and where the peace of nearby Mount Angel Abbey permeates. Come for the beer, return to share the spirit of the monks of Mount Angel who brew craft beer in the tradition of the Belgian monks of old using local waters and hops grown on Abbey land. Taste and believe. Learn more at benedictinebrewery.com. That's benedictinebrewery.com.
2: What do you get when you cross a Catholic radio show host and a permanent deacon?
0: A match made in heaven. I'm Deacon Scott Aiken from the Archdiocese of Seattle.
2: And I'm Brenda Aiken from The Morning Blend. Work and family life can be hectic.
0: We understand, and together we'll find God's grace.
2: We may not always agree,
0: but we are always faithful.
2: Listen on Friday evenings at 7.30 and Sunday evenings at 6 as we share stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew.
0: Right here on Matri-Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life it's good to the very last drop the morning blend on the bridge between your faith and everyday life modern day radio
1: and it is 825 in Mater day radio the blazers pick is in who did they take in the nba draft we'll tell you coming up
2: and congratulations washington you're number one not in a good way prices at the pumps highest in the country i'll have that story for you coming up in news here is sean garrison An open road, and you're listening to the morning blend right here at Mater Day Radio.
9: It's one of those days where I I need to escape. All the hustle and the bustle, all the needless stop and go From all this cluttered mass of traffic that breeds tension in my soul I need to breathe So give me an open road, That summer forest
1: John Garrison and Open Road. It is eight thirty at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
2: Just forty days before World Youth Day 2023 in Lisbon, Portugal, Pope Francis said he is ready to go, and poor health will not keep him away. Pope Francis is continuing to recover from abdominal surgery he underwent on June 7th. He was released from the hospital last Friday and has jumped back into taking private meetings, though his Wednesday audience was canceled. In a video recorded by Bishop Amerigo Aguiar Auxiliary of Lisbon and the coordinator of World Youth Day, Pope Francis held up a gray World Youth Day branded backpack and said, I'm ready, I already have everything, and I can't wait to go. The 86-year-old Pope Francis will visit Portugal from August 2nd to the 7th. Several World Youth Day events are on his agenda, including hearing confessions, praying the Stations of the Cross, attending a prayer vigil, and celebrating Mass on Sunday, August 6th, final day of the week long gathering in his latest video pope francis reminded teens and young adults preparing to attend the international catholic event that it is now 40 days away the same length of time as lent
1: all right wonderful i remember when my daughters were young and they had always had themed backpacks did you have themed backpacks
2: Oh, my kids certainly did,
1: yes. It was always fun. I'm trying to remember some of the themes that they had. Cute little backpacks.
2: Cute little backpacks. Well, you might be able to get your hands on a World Youth Day backpack.
1: Absolutely. Well, here's a heads up. If your weekend travel plans include using I-84, westbound travelers on the busy freeway will be detoured as all lanes will be closed at its intersection with Interstate 205 at Noon today. That's noon today and remain closed through 5 a.m. Monday morning. So, yeah, all weekend long. Crews from the Oregon Department of Transportation will be working on the bridge deck and joints during the three-day period. This is just one of several summertime closures along westbound I-84 as ODOT continues its project, improving road surfaces between Troutdale and Gateway, Now, the second weekend closure will continue this work at the same location from July 7th through the 10th. Travelers should plan for delays and consider, this is a big consider, taking an alternate route or other forms of transportation during the weekend closures. ODOT says it's just, they need to do it. It's Mm -hmm. a lot of traffic there. There's been deterioration of the roadway. Got it. Studs of tires, all of that, yeah.
2: So you said the westbound lanes westbound lanes eastbound lanes will still be open so if you're getting out of the city this afternoon heading home if you're in troutdale or that area you're going to be able to take 84 still
1: correct these these are the westbound lanes but you know how that goes when one side is closed
2: the other side is slow (laughs) slow yes
1: so uh, just a heads up for you
2: Multnomah County is seeking nearly $52 billion in damages and future costs for climate adaptation in a lawsuit that filed Thursday against more than a dozen fossil fuel companies to hold them accountable for the unprecedented heat dome event in 2021. Lawyers for the county are moving forward with a lawsuit against 17 oil and gas companies alleging that the burning of their fossil fuel products, which leads to greenhouse gas emissions that are warming the planet, was a substantial contributor to a heat dome event roughly two years ago. Ninety six people died across Oregon as a result of the heat dome, with the majority living in Multnomah County. During Thursday's board meeting, commissioners voted unanimously to declare climate change a public nuisance, clearing the way for the attorneys to file a lawsuit against the fossil fuel companies. Researchers and scientists said the heat wave was virtually impossible without human-caused climate change, while other research found it was a freak event that should only happen once in 10,000 years, but was made hotter because of climate change.
6: We were
1: talking about this yesterday. Texas. I was watching again on the news oh, last night. Man. They are just getting... They had another deadly tornado there uh day before yesterday, I believe. And the temperatures have been like teens.
2: Yeah. That is uh, sweltering on yeah. the Brenda scale of heat. Oh. I just can't even imagine. And it's not just... We had that heat dome and it lasted three days and then it was gone. They are... Over in triple digits for yeah. weeks now, it looks like, into the future.
1: And they have the humidity, Ooh. too. So, yeah, it's, it's tough. Well, the U.S. Coast Guard says a missing submersible imploded near the wreckage of the Titanic, killing all five people on board. Coast Guard officials said during a news conference yesterday that they've notified the families of the crew of the Titan, which had been missing for several days. Debris found during the search for the vessel is consistent with a catastrophic implosion of the vessel, according to Rear Admiral John Malger of the 1st Coast Guard District. During the press conference, the Coast Guard also said debris from the submersible was found 1,600 feet from the bow of the Titanic. Investigators continue to scour the ocean floor for debris today as they try to establish the timeline of the implosion the submersible was descending to explore the wreckage of the luxury liner located 900 miles east of Cape Cod at 13,000 feet below sea level. So uh, it's been a very tough five days, I guess. It certainly
2: has And for those of us who have been following that. I had been checking multiple times a day for any updates, for those live updates. And then when the news came out yesterday, I went, oh, well, God rest their soul. Yeah.
1: And and there's a good chance that it actually imploded the Sunday that it went missing. That it went missing. That's
2: what uh, I think that the evidence is leading to. And uh, I think there's still more information that's going to be coming out in the weeks and months ahead. Mm -hmm. Well, Washington State, congratulations. You're number one. We have overtaken California As the state with the highest gasoline prices, the average price of regular gas in Washington was $4.93 a gallon, up 33 cents from the same time a month ago. According to AAA, California's average price for regular gas is $4.86 a gallon. That's seven cents cheaper than Washington. While the average price of gas in Washington is $4.93, some motorists are paying over $5 for gas in some counties. The average price in King County, Washington, which is the home of Seattle, rests at $5.09. Skamania County's average price for gasoline, of course, Skamania County is the neighbors to the east mm-hmm. of Clark County. They're paying 5 dollars and 32 cents a gallon. That is the highest in the state. Now, the national average for gasoline, $3.58 as of Wednesday. Experts say Washington's price surge is linked to the state's latest efforts to battle climate change, specifically the new carbon pricing program launched this year that charges businesses for the greenhouse gases they emit. Now, oil companies are choosing to pass on the compliance fees the experts say those costs add up to about 50 cents per gallon for the consumer, according to the Oil Price Information Service. Yeah, I'm so. trying
1: to think last time I filled up or got gas, I want to say here in... The Portland area, I want to say it was like $4.30 something, okay. like maybe 4 430, dollars a gallon, something like that.
2: Okay. Yeah. I think that if you did a little hunting around, if you're in Clark County, you're going to find less than $4.93. I think to be competitive with Portland, uh, prices in Clark County tend to be a little bit less expensive. Uh, go to I, Costco's just down the road. They've probably got the best prices in town if you're in Clark County. Yep.
1: Uh, In sports, the Portland Trail Blazers selected 6'2 guard Scoot Henderson with the third pick in the NBA draft that was held at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York last night. Later in the first round, the Blazers targeted Iowa forward Chris Murray with their 23rd pick. Portland's lone second-round selection was guard Ryan Rupert of France. So the 19-year-old Henderson spent last season with the NBA's G League team, Ignite, where he averaged 17.6 points per game, 6.6 assists, and 5.1 rebounds, his weakness may be shooting, but they say he'll develop into a good shooter. They hope he shot just under 43% from the field last season, while hitting just 27.5% on threes. So San Diego, or excuse me, San Antonio, the Spurs had the top pick in the draft. And as expected, took the French phenom, the big guy, Victor Wembenyama.
2: How tall is he? 7'4". Oh, my goodness. 7'4". That's a big man.
1: That is a big guy. I think they were saying of NBA players in the history, he might be like the fourth biggest overall, oh something goodness. like that. Yeah, he's he's up there. Incredible. So for the Trailblazers, yes. this is going to be interesting summer. So, you know, there was a lot of speculation that... The Blazers might deal that third round or that third pick last night to get more players, get some more veteran players to help Damian Lillard try to win a title before Mm -hmm. his uh, clock expires. He's 33, so how much longer will he continue to play? But didn't happen, so now we'll see this summer if there's any moves made. So something to keep an eye on.
2: Well, Scoot, welcome to Portland. That's right. Uh, At 19 years old, he must be pretty incredible. I
1: think he's a good player.
2: The Vatican stands as a symbol of spiritual and temporal power within the heart of Rome, but beneath its colonnade, its museums, and the imposing basilica lies relatively unknown history that dates back all the way to the first century of the Christian era. It is believed that the Vatican was built on top of Caligula's Circus, an ancient Roman chariot racing stadium. And over the centuries, successive constructions have transformed the site into the religious and administrative center it is today. Now, Caligula's Circus, also known as The Circus of Nero was built during the reign of the infamous Emperor Caligula in the first century AD. It was a massive entertainment complex featuring an oval arena where chariot races, athletic contests and other spectacles were held. The circus was located on Vatican Hill, one of Rome's seven hills, and covered a vast area. The original circus was gradually abandoned until it fell into disrepair following Caligula's death. It wasn't until the fourth century that Constantine decided to build the Grand Basilica on the site. The first basilica was known as Old St. Peter's Basilica, was constructed between 319 and 333, soon became the focal point of Christianity and the final resting place of St. Peter. That basilica stood for over a millennium, witnessing various historical events. But by the 15th century, Old St. Peter's Basilica was no longer able to accommodate the growing number of pilgrims visiting Rome. In 1506, Pope Julius II initiated the construction of a new basilica, the Magnificent, saint peter's that we know today
1: so let's talk about circuses okay so did you take your kids to the circus ever when when they were growing up or did you In, go to the circus as i a went kid to growing? the
2: circus like the big top circus yeah, with the yeah. elephants and everything right. i've been to those before I can say I have never taken my kids to a circus like that. We've been to a couple of those Cirque du Soleil performances, yes. which is kind of a modern take yeah, right, yeah. on the circus, yeah. but no uh, circus animals okay. in those.
1: I, I got to tell you, nothing against circuses, but I've been to circuses yes. either either as a kid, and we took our kids to circuses. Eh, never, never really like. Let's it, just, yeah. all yeah, of it. Yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, okay. Well, it was a circus. It was a circus. Okay. Exactly-
2: Obviously, for historical purposes, when I say Caligula Circus, a little different than what we think of as Barnum and Bailey, yeah, yeah. you know, Big Top. So, oh, that was sure. Yeah. chariot races yeah. and all kinds of athletic events and right. such.
1: So was, was a guy spinning plates on poles, tried to keep them going? Could be. Okay. I don't know.
0: It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community.
2: Well, this sounds like it's going to be a fun event to take the family to on Sunday at 1.30 p.m. It is the 2023 St. Michael's Cup and Barbecue. It's happening at uh conestoga middle school
1: conestoga
2: conestoga thank you very much that's in beaverton In beaverton yeah come watch soccer enjoy the day with the saint michael's parish community have a meal and root for your saint favorite saint michael's athletes and cheer on the pastor eight teams including priests staff and parishioners will vie to lift the cup Bring some drinks, snack, and food to supplement the barbecue that they are serving. Remember, you can't find details on these and other events. Go to the community calendar, com, and the Hail Mary media app.
1: So we're going to talk hiking. There's a lot of great trails to go hiking, or you can just do an urban hike. And so it's going to be a great weekend for that. We'll talk about it coming up after the forecast.
6: Hi, this is Tim Staples, Senior Apologist with Catholic Answers and an adult convert to the Catholic faith, inviting Mater Day radio listeners to join me for the 50th Annual Summer Institute in Catholic Teaching at Our Lady of Peace Retreat Center. As one of this year's speakers, I'm going to discuss some of the whys behind our Catholic faith, such as why be Catholic, how is man saved, I'll talk about Luther's most important question and what's all the fuss about Mary and more. I'll be there and I hope you will too.
2: Join Tim Staples, the Dominican Sisters of Mary, Mother of the Eucharist, Father Theodore Lang, and Bishop Peter Smith during this life-changing spiritual and educational retreat, July 10th through the 14th at our
0: Lady of Peace retreat in Beaverton. For all the details and how to register, visit
2: OLPRetreat.org. That's OLPRetreat.org.
1: Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Jeff Kane at North Point Bank in Vancouver. North Point Bank brings value to customers through client-focused home loan programs, including new construction, renovation options, financing for rental properties, and more. Learn more at northpoint.com. That's northpoint p o i n t e dot com. Equal housing lender member FDIC.
10: What's your next mission from God? You do have one. We all do. God has something in mind for us right where we are. This is Julie Durko. Please join me on Your Next Mission From God where the saints show us just how it's done. They've been through it, and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right.
6: Listen to your next mission from God, Saturday mornings at 715 and Sunday mornings at 815. Right here on the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Macha Day Radio. And it is 858.
1: Excuse me. Eight forty-eight at Mater Day Radio. If it was eight fifty-eight, we'd be signing off, which we will be soon.
2: <laughs> That's coming soon <laughs> but enough.
1: But it is 8, 7, 848. forty-eight. Eight forty-eight. There you go. It is sixty-six degrees out there, so it's going to be a beautiful day today. May see a thunder shower later this afternoon. Gonna be pretty warm though, 83 degrees. Sunny again on Saturday, 81, about the same for Sunday,
2: 81. Currently it is 66 degrees at Our Lady of Lords Catholic Church in Vancouver.
1: And so we were talking about hiking, and it's gonna be a beautiful day already, 66 degrees. And so you brought up a list of some awesome hikes in the area that I mean there's dozens of hikes you can go on we're blessed to be living here
2: yeah fantastic now this is uh, what is incredible about portland area that i think is just unique to our area is that we've got all of the benefits of living near a big city we've got a great airport transportation and but you know public transportation will get you around different places but we are just dropped in this beautiful yeah You know, area, mountains, trees, water, we get our share of rain through the year. So that way, come this time of year, Portlanders, you're not going to find us at home.
1: No. I'm going to tell you my favorite urban hike. So this is the one my wife and I do fairly often during the summer. We'll get out there, do it several times. So we start, there's a footbridge that goes over the kind of parallels where the tram is. Okay. Yeah. And so you take that footbridge over to the south waterfront. All right? So you go over that footbridge, drop down, and then you head north along the south waterfront. And you stretch all the way then along the south waterfront into the downtown Portland area along Tom McCall Waterfront Park and go all the way through the downtown on the, the waterfront park And if you're doing it on a Saturday-Sunday, then you get to stop at Saturday Market is right there. Oh, that's perfect. Enjoy that. Then we'll go across the Steel Bridge and take it to the east side of the Willamette River, the East Esplanade. And then take the East Esplanade heading south now along the river. Great walk, great views all along there. You end up going by OMSI. You walk by OMSI, so you get that vibe, and then you pop up and go over the Tillicum Crossing.
2: Oh, goodness. Now, how long of a loop it's is a that? It's a pretty
1: good loop. It's, yeah, four miles, okay. maybe, four or five miles. I've never really, you know, exactly know, but it's right around there. And there's a there's a great little train car before you go over the Tillicum the, uh, that's Mount Hood Brewing. So you can stop there. Get a refreshment, a refreshment, refreshment (laughs) before you make your final journey over the Tilikum, and then you right back where you started. Wow. It's a great loop walk.
2: That is amazing. Now, on the Vancouver side, there's not a loop at the waterfront, but they are really making strides. And over the next few years, once that new bridge is complete, right. they're actually going to connect the new waterfront area that has the the bridge that goes out over the Columbia River. That waterfront area, which is close to the Saturday Market at Esther Short Park, it is going to go across the waterfront, under the bridge, mm-hmm. and then connect to the next other side. There's Husong and Larry's, and you walk a little bit farther. Right. You're going to run into McMinimans and beaches, and it keeps on going all across that waterfront. Lots of people are out there walking right now.
1: Yeah, that, that's beautiful. And then you think about, and we're talking kind of urban walking, urban hiking right now, but you don't have to go far. Like if you're uh, uh, heading out to Lake Oswego, Beautiful parks in that area that you can walk in. Uh, what's I'm trying to think of the name. There is it Trillium?
2: Uh, you know, I'm not down there. Yeah, I'll have to look that up. I mean, just even here locally, just Washington Park Loop. Yeah. I mean that isn't inc- you can't believe how close you are to the city when you get into Washington Park, right? And all of the beautiful things around there, um, around Piddick Mansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, my daughters like to go to Piddick Mansion, and yeah. just that view is incredible. So Hoyt
1: Arboretum, yeah. Oh, Forest Park, uh, try. Excuse me, Tryon Creek. Oh, okay. Is what I'm thinking of in Lake Oswego. Tryon Creek Park in Lake Oswego. Again, another beautiful area where you're close to the city, yet you can go out into the woods
2: exactly yeah. trillium now,
1: is up in mount true. hood which you can walk up there too exactly <laughs> you can't do yeah. that yeah
2: head out into the gorge go to the waterfalls uh I, we'd love to go to bridal veil vale. yeah i, I yeah. think that's one of our favorite ones to kind of go around because you can hear it coming and you make it. it's not a long loop and you get down there incredible yeah incredible so again god has blessed us to live in this area and so well make the most of this beautiful summer weather mm-hmm. get out take a little hike. I hope you've had uh, enjoyed today's Second Cup.
4: Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722.
1: Healthcare sharing has been around for decades and began out of the Christian tradition of neighbor helping neighbor. That's the premise Solidarity HealthShare was built on. We're a nonprofit medical cost sharing ministry in which our family of members share in each other's eligible medical expenses. Solidarity HealthShare is not insurance, but an alternative way to pay for medical costs that adheres to Catholic Church teachings. We never share into medical care that goes against our morals. More information at SolidarityHealthShare.org. Summertime is a great time to drive the open road, unless your old reliable wheels just aren't up to the task anymore. You know who could use that old car? Mater Dei Radio. You can donate most vehicles, cars, trucks, vans, RVs, and boats to Mater Dei Radio's vehicle donation program with the proceeds supporting a faith-filled Catholic broadcast and in return, getting yourself a likely tax deduction. More information on our vehicle donation program at materderadio.com
0: the morning blend western oregon and southwest washington's number one catholic morning show on the bridge between your faith and everyday life mater day radio
1: and it is 8 55 and mater day radio going to be a nice day-to-day high of 83 degrees now there is a chance for a slight thunderstorm later this afternoon so a heads up on that mostly clear overnight tonight low of 53 and then saturday sunday may see some morning clouds then sunshine highs both days 81. currently 66 degrees in the rose city
2: and closing out our show today here is blanca with echo we are david and brenda on the morning blend right here at mater day radio the bridge between your faith and everyday life
1: 859 at Matre Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Oh, thank you so much for joining the morning blend all week long. David and Brenda with you. We do appreciate it. Thank you to all of our wonderful guests and you, our listeners. We do appreciate it as we Head into the summer months. You know, it's so nice today. I think later this afternoon, I'm going to have a refreshment.
2: Oh, I think that would be an excellent idea. I yeah. might have a couple of refreshments this y- evening, too. You as well.
1: That's very nice. <laughs> it's so beautiful out there today. So, hope everyone has a great weekend. Lots going on. Lots lots of fun.
2: Oh, for sure. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for us on the Morning Blend. View from the pew this evening. I'm putting the finishing touches. Oh, very nice. Find out why I like to sit in the passenger seat of the car and let Deacon Scott drive Okay. Have a very blessed weekend.